asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing student loans in 2021, more options for discount medications, and Zillow surfing. This is our Friday flight episode. We're going to cover a lot of stories this episode. And in particular, in the second half of this episode, we're going to talk with the founder of Student Loan Planner, Travis Hornsby. We're going to talk about student loans and the future of student loans, uh, in particular, coming uh, January of 2021. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the forbearance and lack of interest period that's supposed to end um, come uh, January 1st. And also, too, with new proposals for student loan forgiveness. When you see those headlines, like how should you react as someone that has student loans? We'll get into all that kind of stuff with Travis um, after the break. But before we get to that, Matt, Thanksgiving obviously uh, was yesterday. We're recording this actually a couple days <laughs> in advance. Um, but yeah, just it's a great time to be. I think our turkey will be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, but yeah, I wanted to know what are you um, particularly thankful for this time of year? Anything? Yeah, well, this is obviously the yeah a time of Thanksgiving where we are just reflecting back or starting that reflection process. I feel like we always do that at the end of the year anyway. But um, man, I think you and I, we want to take a moment just to thank our listeners. You know, I mean, this is not a show that could exist without the support that we receive from our listeners, the engagement that happens in our Facebook group, uh, all the different ways that our listeners support the show 
I am incredibly thankful. Otherwise, it would just be you and me just kind of hanging out like we used to. (laughs) (laughs) Talking into the void. Right. Well, that's what we did. That's how the show started, right? You know, it was you and I, we would sit down anytime we'd hang out. We're drinking a craft beer and talking about, you know, all the different things that make up personal finance. But it's way more fun and way more gratifying knowing that there are folks who are out there and who listen to us and who are making some of these changes in their own lives to uh, better their, their financial futures. Yeah, I agree, man. The show is nothing without the people that listen. So thank you all for being a part of the How to Money fam, our How to Money peeps. (laughs) And uh, in 2020, we really appreciate it. And yeah, 2020, I feel like it's thrown just a ton of of obstacles at us, uh, financially speaking, uh, life-wise, right, health-wise. And so, yeah, I don't know. One thing I'm really particularly specifically thankful for this year, too, is my health, the health of my my family. Um, That's just such an important thing. And I think this year we're treasuring it more than ever. And depending on what you've gone through health-wise, maybe you have a greater appreciation for, uh, had, had a greater appreciation for your for good health, you know, uh, in advance of 2020. But I think it's on a lot of our radars a lot more these days. So it's something to specifically name and be truly thankful for. Um, but Matt, let's get on to our Friday flight. Let's mention some of the stories that we found interesting this week before we get to talking with Travis about student loans. And one of the most interesting things that happened uh, last week is that Amazon actually launched its own online pharmacy. Um, that made a lot of the national pharmacy chains a little bit nervous. We saw some stock prices drop because of it. And basically what this means is that Prime members are going to be able to receive prescription medication with free two-day shipping. Um, And it looks like actually for certain generic drugs, the Amazon price is going to be cheaper even for people that don't have insurance And it could be cheaper for people with insurance if you choose to fill your prescription without going through your insurance. The great thing about the way they're showing you the pricing um, on their website, they're going to show you if you do have insurance, the price with and the price without. And it might be cheaper to get your prescriptions filled without going through your insurance. And it seems like Amazon is incentivizing consumers, its customers, to avoid the bureaucracy of health insurance, which is a really interesting move for them. Even more interesting, I think, for us, man. So our family, like we don't technically have health insurance. And so to see an option out there to, you know, bypass insurance altogether and still get some really great prices, considering that we are prime members, man, that's really attractive to us. GoodRx, we've talked about them before in the show, but they are another awesome option though, right? They've been making it easier for folks to shop for prescription drugs online in seconds and save big for for years now. GoodRx helps you to find the lowest price on prescriptions that you get at, at pharmacies near where you live. Uh, and by the way, prices don't typically differ by just pennies. You know, you could save seriously big money by shopping around for your medications. Um, and, and since Amazon Pharmacy is brand new, it is definitely worth checking prices there and on GoodRx. You can kind of compare them both. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no reason not to look to both sites and look to multiple different places in order to try to score the best price. Matt, I checked on Amazon Pharmacy um, to look into the pricing of a medication that my wife takes regularly, and it was twice the price on Amazon's pharmacy than it was on GoodRx, actually. So um, it doesn't mean that all medications are going to follow that same thing. I mean, prices will vary depending on what medication it is that you take, but it's just another place that you can go shop uh, to see if you can get a better price than what you're currently paying. So basically, shop them all. Why not? Yeah, why not, man? Let's talk about the reliability of cars. Consumer Reports, they just released uh, a new list of their most reliable car brands. This list is always so helpful in steering us. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Toward the car brands nice that pun, buddy. will hold up best over time, right? Consumer Reports and JD Power, they typically 
uh, do the most extensive research on brand reliability. So checking out those lists can be really helpful if you're in the market for uh, a new or a new to you car or, or van, whatever it is that you're looking at. And the brands you know that rise to the top are ones that you might expect. There's no major shakeups this year. Mazda uh, ranks number one, followed by Toyota, Lexus, Buick, and Honda. Uh, however, worth noting, man, there's a rough showing for Tesla. They're actually second worst this year. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I kind of wanted to dig a little deeper and find out why Tesla got such rotten ratings. And apparently there are some reliability issues with the newest Tesla models, in addition to problems with other new electric cars on the market, apparently. And most of the documented problems don't stem from the drive system electrical failures as much as uh, other new electronic equipment that's put in these cars. Think infotainment systems. Uh, all the cameras. Are, uh, dude, those. Yeah, it's all that kind of stuff that's <laughs> prone to failure. The more gadgets we put in our cars, the more expensive they get. And then the more money, more problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The more prone they are to have issues. And so, yeah, like those new electric cars are awesome. But apparently you might be taking it into the dealership to get some of those add-ons uh, fixed or replaced in the first couple years of ownership. Yeah. Well, and it's not that surprising, right? Like whether it's Tesla or these other EV makers, because I mean, this is relatively new technology. I mean, we're talking like Tesla hasn't even been making electric cars for like over 10 years versus the combustion engine and, you know, like what, 100 years of, of car manufacturing when it comes to some of these other companies. And so... Well, and even on those gas-powered cars, typically the things that people have the most issues with are the added-on electric gadgets, like infotainment systems, your DVD, whatever it is, all that kind of stuff that goes in it. It's, it's those things that malfunction. It's not often the engine or transmission that, that's messing up on you. Yeah, I'm glad we got to play defense a little bit for your favorite type of vehicle, the electric vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> Even though you just you just sold yours last I week. I did, I did. But don't hate on the EVs. No, they're, <laughs> they're still the future. Yeah, we shall see, man. Let's talk about Zillow Surfing. We definitely mentioned Zillow from time to time on the show. Uh, they've got some great tools when it comes to managing rental properties. Well, it turns out that a lot of folks are scrolling Zillow as an escape, uh, almost maybe as a, a free therapy session to the year that has been 2020. According to Zillow, visitors virtually touring homes for sale has climbed more than 50% since March. Virtual tours have, of course, become a necessity, but others are doing it just for, for the fun of it, just for sport. You know, and why not, right? You know, why not virtually tour a space or maybe start dreaming of a neighborhood that you, you might live in once you graduate school or maybe you're thinking about buying a place with a, a bigger yard, maybe room for some chickens in a garden. It's helpful to see what's out there. Why not dream a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've definitely been guilty of Zillow surfing before and just kind of... I like doing it with houses over in Europe, yeah, uh, yeah. out in the middle of Sweden. Right, yeah. You like the cheap Nordic houses Instagram <laughs> handle. And it's kind of yeah fun to imagine what your life could look like if you were to uproot from where you currently are. If you're in a tiny apartment right now and right. you're like, man, this stinks. Living in a small space during COVID, that, that's, that's been a lot of the impetus for a lot of people imagining another life and thinking about having a bigger space to live in. And, and sometimes I'll do it just to get a feel for a particular part of town I've heard about. Um, but this could be a problem, Matt, and it could border on unhealthy for some people if you let it have an outsized influence on how much you're thinking about spending for a house. With many of us removed from regular rhythms of our lives, we're not traveling like we're used to. Maybe we're even spending less overall. There's the possibility of getting sucked into a line of thinking where you can 
justify way overspending on a house because you've eliminated spending in other areas of your life. And so Zillow surfing can be fun. It can be a nice little escape, but we should also be cautious when we're doing it so that it doesn't lead us to making a, you know, a poor decision in the future. Right. Yeah. And of course, it's not like someone's going to accidentally buy a house. Right? Oops, click to buy. <laughs> it's not like, to. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're clicking around on Amazon and you're going to accidentally you know, do that. But you know, the pandemic has brought about changes in our behavior where I think we're only just beginning to understand the magnitude of, right? You know, couple that with the fact that mortgage interest rates are crazy low right now. And you might begin to feel the pressure to buy a home that you're maybe just not quite ready for. Uh, I think, you know, over a matter of months, it's not difficult for our attitudes to gradually shift, to change. And so it's something certainly worth noting. We want to make sure that the money decisions that, you know, that we make, that they align with our values, you know, but especially a move that is as large as the purchase of a home. We want to make sure that we're doing these things intentionally. I think even the news of all the different vaccines coming on board here in the coming months, it's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it can help folks to maybe look beyond their immediate circumstances where they're at home virtual schooling and they're like, okay, we got to get a bigger place because this is not, you know, we can't sustain this, that sort of thinking. Uh, But to realize that, you know, things aren't going to be like this forever. And so we do want to make sure that we're thinking about these decisions, even behaviors like Zillow surfing that we're doing those, that we're keeping up pulse on those actions and those behaviors. Yeah, I agree. It can be fun, but it can also get out of control. <laughs> um, and, and you know, speaking of things that get out of control, Matt, student loans in our country and in the lives of many of our listeners is out of control too. And there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to student loan payments and what that's going to look like in 2021. And so, yeah, we're going to talk with Travis Hornsby of Student Loan Planner uh, in just a second about the future of student loans and what that's going to look like in your life in 2021. And so we'll get to that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, 
Well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're back from the break. And now we're going to chat for a bit with Travis Hornsby. He's the founder of Student Loan Planner. And that's a website that helps people pay back their student loans faster. Travis and his team have worked with thousands of borrowers to save them hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so he's the, the perfect person to help us answer some pressing questions about student loans that are on everybody's mind right now. So Travis, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. So Travis, folks are, are preparing for student loan forbearance to end. Uh, you know, It's up in the air whether or not something will be done to curb student loan payments for any meaningful amount of time in 2021 or not. Um, what should our listeners out there be doing now to prepare you know, for the likely reality of payments resuming in January? Yeah. So the first thing I tell you is if they do actually start back again, which I don't probably think that they will, but if mm. they did then you're really looking at making your first payment around end of January, early February. So you really do have like a while until you have to make your first payment. So I want to stress that, like even if the interest don't start freaking payment, out now. <laughs> yeah, don't freak out now, right? Like literally, you will have already paid your credit card bills from Christmas before your first student loan bill is due. So that's that's good news, right? I mean, if it is due, you you have a little bit of warning time. The other thing that I'd say is, who knows what's going to happen? Things, you know, we could this could come out and they could already be, you know, changing something, right? So I think the key thing is just budget for the payment to start up again, but realize that if it does start up again, you can simply go on to studentaid.gov, which is a federal website, and then just navigate to the apply for income driven repayment plan button. And then you can recalculate your payments. So if you lost your income because of COVID, or let's say you get paid you know, less frequently because you're working fewer shifts, whatever the reason is of why you're struggling and you can't make payments, it's very easy to recalculate your payment and get a lower payment, even if those payments start up again. Okay. When it, when it comes to those income-based repayment plans, 
sometimes those can be confusing, right? There are, are a few different options. Um, so how do people go about choosing the right income-based repayment plan for them? Yeah, I think most people want to pay their loans off. And so most people could just sign up for the revised pay as you earn program. Uh, and I, that's pretty straightforward. You just pay 10% of your income. If you're married, it includes your spouse's income. And then you'll pay that off over 20 years if you're an undergraduate or 25 years if you're you know a graduate school grad. And there's a lot more complicated you know options out there. The one thing I'll tell people is I know it's kind of overwhelming, but those should be seen as, as good things, not bad things, because they give you more options to get a lower payment and get more forgiveness. So, you know, if you are dealing with some weird situation, like you're married to somebody that has no student loans, if you have student loans over $30,000 or maybe way over $30,000, in those kind of unique cases where you're not the average borrower, then having a lot of these different repayment options actually helps you, doesn't hurt you. Because you can do things with your tax filing status and you can, you know, do things to exclude your spouse's income from your payment. And you can do things like save for retirement, all to get a lower payment on your student loans, which can get you more forgiveness. So I know it's kind of overwhelming, but, you know, I think people that owe more than what they earn every year in student loans. So if your debt is larger than what you have in salary every year, that's when you want to start thinking about using more complicated options. If you're not in that category, I think you should just sign up for the revised pay as you earn program. Yeah, these are good options to have. Uh, I feel like sometimes there can be an overabundance of options. It's like, you know, the, the difference between going to a, a grocery store that's got like 20 different mustards and then you go to Aldi and they've got two. <laughs> sometimes just the uh, decision fatigue. Yeah, sometimes you, it's, it's helpful to limit your decisions because it doesn't matter. I just want regular mustard. But like you said, Travis, when there are uh, unique circumstances and uh, when you're in a position to, to where it would really be helpful to take advantage of some of these options. Yeah, that, that totally warrants the time. And folks should set that time aside to, to get familiar with these different plans. Yeah, you know, the, the analogy I like to make is to the tax code, right? So why is the tax code a gazillion pages? It's because mm. it's full of a bunch of loopholes and tricks that you kind of almost need a, a degree in or a professional you know, the helping you to find them, right? And is it good that there are gigantic deductions for uh, oil rigs painted orange? Uh, you know, prob prob <laughs> probably not, right? But, you know, for some reason that got into the tax code. And if you know about it, maybe, you know, it can help you, right? So it's, it's that's the thing with pseudo loan, uh, you know, world is they keep claiming they're going to simplify it, but every single time they've tried to do that, they made it more complicated. Mm -hmm. So who knows, right? The, you know, the Affordable Care Act, for example, right, in healthcare is supposed to be a lot simpler. It's kind of confusing to sign up for the right healthcare program now, I feel like. So, you know, hopefully it'll become easier. Hopefully that they'll streamline things, but I wouldn't necessarily count on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's throw another wrench into this equation while we're talking about the complex world of student loans. You know, rates have obviously been dropping too for mortgage refinancing, but but not many people know that rates have gotten really low when it comes to refinancing your student loans. Do you have any tips for when people should consider refinancing into a private loan and then how to go about shopping for the best rate? You know, so what's interesting with this pause in interest on federal student loans is because it could actually cost people a lot more money than they save potentially. And the reason I mean that is because people are locking in rates in their mortgages right now for 30 years that people would never have dreamed of. Right. You know, if you're getting a, a sub 3% on your mortgage, if you told my granddad who had like a 15% mortgage, <laughs> one day you'd get a sub 3, he would have just lost his mind. That would have been unthinkable. And right now, refinancing student loan interest rates are super low, like you mentioned, but people are not doing it because you have 0% on your federal student loans. So kind of my fear is what's going to happen is that you're going to get 
everybody in the, and their mother is going to go book a cruise after this, right? Once the vaccine, right? Everybody's going to go to Disney World. All these things are going to happen at once. That could really cause some inflation. And if that happened, the ability to lock in really low rates for long-term periods of time for repayment on things like student loans, that might not be there as much. So one thing I'll say is for sure, if you have private student loans, any kind of private student loans versus, you know, be that be it ones that you took out initially that way or you refinanced already, refinance them again. You'll almost surely find a better interest rate than what you have. So you want to compare at least three different companies when you're doing that. If you do, you'll most likely find a, a decent, really good rate. And the one thing I'd say for people that have federal student loans that are benefiting from the interest freeze right now, if your plan is to pay back your student loans like a you know, 30-year mortgage, which I hope it's not. I hope you pay them back a lot faster than that. But you're thinking about doing a really long-term repayment term that you might actually even consider, you know, once you get some clarity around the interest freeze going away, refinancing as quickly as you can once it becomes clear the interest freeze is going to end just simply because of that risk that I talked about about inflation. Hmm. And that's one of the main considerations right now, right? People don't necessarily want to refinance into a private student loan if they have a federal loan, if the interest rate remains at zero until, you know, like fall of next year, right? Yeah. So what's interesting with the the executive order that happened with the Trump administration pausing interest for another three months, right? Uh, The only reason why that stood was because it was widespread bipartisan support to doing it. The, The issue with that is it probably wasn't legal. So you could get into a situation where, you know, President Biden does an executive order till September, but who knows actually if that's actually legal? And the reason right. is because it costs a t- it costs a ton of money. And when you look at the part of the Higher Education Act that grants the Secretary of Education the authority to waive or modify the terms of student loans, you know, I don't know. There's a big debate among higher education experts as to what that actually means, right? Right. And right. Well, and so to do that until September, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that Biden will probably try to do that. But who knows if that actually holds up, and if, if Republicans decide to challenge it, and if they decide to appeal it, and and you know, and what happens? So, so it seems like at the very longest, your student loans will start up in September. So at least we can kind of say that. And it seems like the very fastest they'll restart, obviously, is, is January one. And it s- seems like there could be a little bit of a effect of like having interest charged to you for like twenty days, from like January first to January twentieth, when Biden gets sworn in, and then he might do an executive order day one. It's just really kind of hard to know. Yeah, well, on that note, what other proposals has the Biden administration made that could affect people with student loan debt? We're going to have a, I guess, constitutional law like seminar on executive orders for the next two years, basically, (laughs) right? Because it seems like, you know, it seems very likely that the Republicans will take one of the two Georgia runoff seats or you're going to have Joe Manchin being the swing vote. And he's, you know, from a state that 17 percent of people went to college in. So he has no interest in being really generous to student loan borrowers, right? Uh, being, you know, the senator from West Virginia. So in other words, like they're not going to have a large sort of pathway to pass big things like the idea of doing anything legislatively on student loans to me, to my mind, is pretty unlikely for the next two years. Mm -hmm. So that means he's going to try to do everything through executive order. Can you cancel $10,000 of student loan debt via executive order? The problem is, is that it would cost about $330 billion. So to do that via executive order, that pretty clearly seems like it's a, a power of appropriation with rests with Congress. Mm. So what you're going to see, I think, is, you know, a lot of people support this idea that the president can do this. So, you know, when there's a debate about what the president can do, a lot of times the president does it and then it gets sent to the courts and they figure out whether or not it's legal. Yeah, right. Exactly. So so we're seeing all these headlines about about student loan forgiveness and you know, the Biden administration proposal. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of our listeners, I've seen it in our Facebook group. People are saying, should I be paying back on my student loans? Should I be trying to pay them down? 
quickly right now while there there are these proposals being floated that you know maybe my student loan debt goes away altogether thanks to the federal government uh, what would you say to somebody who's kind of in that in-between phase they're not sure whether they should be paying down their student loan debts with vigor or not I'll tell them a personal story. So my wife actually could have gotten the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, which is this great program where if you work for 10 years at a not-for-profit, all your loans are wiped away tax-free. And because of how she managed her student loans, she made a bunch of mistakes so that she really wasn't that eligible for that program. And so because of that, that literally cost us like $100,000. Wow. And that that was terrible to find that out, to find out that if she'd only paid attention a little bit more at the exit counseling, you know, I mean, but she shouldn't have had to have paid attention. She's a physician. She's not a financial analyst, right? Right. So it just shows you how ridiculous the programs are. It's kind of why I started Student Loan Planner in the first yeah, place. I was going to say, <laughs> that's the beginning of Student Loan Planner. It, it, it pissed Origin me off that, that, that we had that large of a loss just because of some stupid program that like wasn't explained well to us. So, you know, for people out there wondering, should I pay off my student loans? Well, the thing is, is I would say that if you want to pay it down to the last 10000 because you think there's going to be 10,000 of cancellation and and you want to keep your options open for that then then fine do that you're not going to have your loans come in and wiped away you're just not going to yeah why is that the case it's one of the, for one of the reason that there's very little support for widespread student debt cancellation outside of this narrow 10k kind of amount in the moderate wing of the democratic party you know there just there just isn't and the reason is because it's extremely expensive if you look at the heroes act this is an act that you know the Democratic House tried to pass for the stimulus for the pandemic. They initially said we're going to cancel you know student debt for every American, and then they curtailed it and said, well, actually, we're just going to cancel 10k for all borrowers in default below certain income levels. In other words, they made it way narrower. And the reason they did it is because canceling 10k for every American cost 330 billion dollars. Yeah. That's like three years worth of the Iraq War. You know, I mean, like that's a lot of money, and to have that money spent on on that i mean it's an important thing canceling student debt's super important it'd be wonderful for so many people but the problem is is it would take away from other things like health care you know helping working families paid parental leave right there's all these other options other things that matter too just like in our own personal financial lives you can't do it all <laughs> you can't do it you can do anything but you can't do everything right? Right, right right so so i think the thing people need to to really think about is what can i do because that's what i can control and my savings rate is going to determine my financial success and financial independence state, not someone else's. So one thing I just want to talk to, to your listeners about, remember that you can pay your federal student loans in an income-driven plan. And that's based off of your taxable income. So if your taxable income is below about $25,000, you are paying zero. If your taxable income is like $40,000, you are paying maybe 100 a month. If you move abroad and earn less than $100,000 living in a foreign country, your payment is also $0 a month because they give you 100000 earned abroad where you don't have to report it in the U.S., and it's based off U.S. taxable income. So your student loan payment could be zero. And remember that revised pay-as-you-earn program I told everyone about earlier? That actually gives you 50% interest subsidies in all of your unpaid loans. So you could be taking a backpacking trip in Southeast Asia for a year, paying zero on your student loans, and having 50% of your interest covered. That's almost as good as suspending payments and interest for a year, hmm. right? But people could do that regardless of who's in power in Washington. Right. So I just want people—I just want people to realize that if if you want to do something like start a business or take a trip or take a really risky career move, your student loans should not be the reason that that gets in the way. You know, I, I heard somebody that just the other day say, "I worked hundred-hour weeks just so that I could pay off my student loans for three years, and I had severe mental health struggles through that oh. process." That was the wrong decision. She, you know, she killed herself over trying to, I mean, sorry, not literally, you know, thank goodness, but, you know, she really 
worked her tail off to try to pay off her student loans. And that wasn't a helpful thing. I mean, in one more severe case that I know of, just to put that out there, someone actually did, unfortunately, have severe mental health issues and did take her own life. Mm. And I don't think that student loans were the reason, but I think that they were a main reason. So student debt is this big thing that affects people's mental health. And I'm here to tell people that it should never affect your mental health because you have so many options, many of which you've never considered before. Yeah, there's way more to our lives and what we are worth as individuals than just our net worth and just the the, the money that we owe or the money that uh, we own. Yeah, right? Travis, man, we really appreciate you joining us on the on the episode today. We appreciate your expertise uh, when it comes to student loans. Where can folks learn more about you and and, and your mission, essentially? For sure. So if you need help on your student loans because you don't know what to do, we have a consulting service, counseling service. You'll find that at studioloanplanner.com. And the other big thing that we do is find people better refinancing deals. And we take lower commissions than other platforms do to give you a bigger cash bonus along with your better interest rate. So that's the other thing that we do and that you'll find on studioloanplanner.com. You can get, you know, basically cash bonuses for finding lower interest rates one or multiple times. Awesome. Well, Travis, we really appreciate your your insight and your advice today. Um, Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Man, it is so good to have somebody on who their specialty is is nothing but student loans. Travis knows the ins and outs of all these different plans. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that we were able to talk with him. We'll make sure to include some of the links that he mentioned uh, in our little talk today in our show notes. Uh, And you can find those notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. And hope all of you have a great weekend. Hope to see you back here on Monday for a new Ask How to Money episode. So until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 